Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing chapter 16, Deva Asura Sampada Vibhaga Yoga. Yoga of divine and devilish qualities. So we have seen in the beginning, I once said I'll be describing devilish qualities in detail. We talked about divine qualities before. So the first few verses gave us the divine qualities. Then Bhagavan also gave the devilish qualities. So where do these qualities come from? Every experience that we have in our life, this life, and if you believe in reincarnation, the lives before, impression on your mind. Different experiences live different types of impressions. Some are sattvic, some are rajasic, some are tamasic. This aggregation of these impressions becomes our wealth, becomes our mental wealth, which decides what tendencies we have. So the tendencies which are sattvic are divine, tendencies of rajasic and tamasic are, as Bhagavan calls them, devilish. If they are predominantly rajasic or tamasic, my personality becomes more devilish. Why I should know this? Because this is the divine quality, the liberating and the demonic or devilish Rajasic, tamasic qualities are binding. I'm trying to liberate myself from the sorrows and unhappiness, working very hard at it. But if I don't understand what will liberate me, I'll be in that unending loop of sorrows and unhappiness and trying again and continue to do that. So it is very important for us, Bhagavan said, to know what are the liberating qualities and what are the binding qualities. In this world, there are two types of people. So the entire humanity can be divided into either divine or asuric. Then we're going to assure Arjuna that you don't worry. You have divine qualities. So it's not that you do not have other rajas and tamasic qualities, but those are more become supportive to the sattvic qualities. Rajasic qualities, if applied in a right way, for the right reason, they become supportive to sattvic qualities. So Bhagavan assuring Arjuna that you don't need to worry about asuric tendencies because you have divine power. Indirectly, Bhagavan is assuring you that the very fact that you are interested in knowing this, that you have divine qualities. That does not mean you do not have asuric quality. You do have combination of all, but the very fact that you have this predominance of sattvic qualities, which leads you to at least find out, to make honest effort to know what will liberate me and what will bind me. So Bhagavan therefore assures us indirectly through Arjuna, you don't worry, you have divine qualities. Then he continues. 
So the first few verses from 7 to 9, it basically gives you the overall nature of the Asuric tendencies and why that Asuric tendencies predominated the thinking. So he said that the Asuric tendencies, the people do not know what to do, what not to do. They do not know what is truth. He said that's because of their worldview that there is no basis for this world. So if I observe the world around me and constantly see that the cheaters are winning, dishonest people are going ahead, the people who have no values are more you know, wealthier than the people who have values. So if I have this kakadrasti, where I see all the wrong things happening in the world and make that as the basis of my conclusion, what the world is all about, then I'll come to the conclusion, but that is all, all about it. The one who is strong and mighty, he will take away the lion's share of the loot. If I continue to see this world, then I'll come to the conclusion there is no basis in this world. The whole purpose of life is to enjoy and the gratification of lust. If that becomes the basis of my thinking, then obviously my behavior will follow that. Three verses 7, 8, and 9 describe the view of what the Asuric tendency look like, why that is, and what does that do to the society. They say, Pravanti yogra karmanaha kshayaya jagat ahitaha. These people are enemies of the world. And their actions are harsh and fierce for the destruction of this world. If the society becomes predominantly demonic, predominantly materialistic, then this will be the world. And we see in our day-to-day observations of our society, pharmaceutical companies create drugs which are actually not helping people but hurting them. Companies are pushing the opioid drugs. Doctors prescribing drugs which are not really good for their patients. Pharmacists selling drugs. Same thing goes to any profession or any business. Putting factory in a wrong place where it's going to destroy the natural resources. Engineers and contractors in malpractice. Growing up, we have heard about even in a normal business, bear sale. Used to be a common thing in when we were growing up. I'm, I'm sure things are changing now there too. But nothing you can find pure. Because the whole purpose of business or my profession is to make money. If that's my worldview, then why are you doing this? I said that not that all doctors have to become a millionaire. That should not be the criteria to become a doctor. And the counter-argument the doctor made to me, but Neil, you know that the student debt they have uh, when they come out of the college, they're like a couple of hundred thousand dollars. So they have to do this. Well, that's not really a good argument. But if that becomes the basis of your profession, your business, then obviously all the things which we see in this world, which is hurting this planet, will happen. So Bhagavan says, Prabhavanti Ugra Karmana, why fierce deeds, they want to achieve their goal by hook or crook. Kshayaya Jagat Ahitaha, they are destroying this world because they are enemies of the world. So this is a view of what the Asuras will do. Then the next three verses from 10, 11 and 12 
is a third party assessment of asuric people or asuric tendencies and here is what we see kama aspritya duspuram dambamana adanvitaha mohad grihitva asadgrahan pravartante asuchivrataha so everything which we despise they filled with insatiable desires full of hypocrisy pride and arrogance holding evil ideas through delusion they work with impure resolve their intentions are wrong third party can see it you cannot see yourself you always think that what i am doing is all good so that's the view other people can see it but you are not seeing and the outcome is that the chintam aparimeyamcha they have immeasurable worries you ask them they are not even realizing it but we see from outside and say chintam aparimeyamcha pralayantam upasritaha these worries are not going to end till they die no matter what they accomplish what they acquire what they gain but the worries will plague them we always see this criminal dons and all that they are constantly we have seen only in movies obviously but they constantly in worry about who is going to kill them they can go and sit down in a restaurant without any fear they don't have a normal life chintam aparimeyamcha pralayantam till their death kama upabhoga parama etabat iti nischitaha but they are sure that there is nothing more to life than gratification of lust and we are seeing that asa pasa satayhi baddaha they are bound by hundreds of desires kama krodha parayana because of these desires now their life is just a cycle of desire and anger desire and anger they constantly engaged in that irhante kama bhogartham anyayena artha sanchayan the desires are now become so many and so much that a normal means of acquiring wealth is not good enough as we have heard if you want to live a simple life there are in an honest way you can make your living anywhere but your needs can be satisfied but not your wants can be satisfied so those people have to resort to unlawful means as you said the bribes corruption all that because of insatiable desire so this is a third party view we have seen why they have done what they look like from a third party examination and now we see their self assessment so the self assessment and self certification is something very interesting when i used to work in my last employment the company had two forms annual evaluation one your self evaluation of your performance and then your your uh, supervisor will have his evaluation if you compare the two they're really not much correlation to each other when you are doing your self evaluation all you see is what you have accomplished since last your performance review what have you accomplished and you figure out eight things you have done and you list all of that there one question there used to be what weaknesses you found in your performance and i always difficulty i never found any weakness in my performance i always left that blank 
So the supervisor asked, can Susan Neal, you didn't find anything? I said, no, I, I think I'm doing better than what I, I don't see any weakness. And that's typically true for all employees. That priority is generally blank. And if you read all self-assessment, they're very glorious, you know. They all have achieved some great things in one year. Then you see the other side, they have a different assessment of it. So when you self-certify, I don't know how valuable that is. So there was certification for federal government called Small Disadvantaged Business Survey, SDB. So when I started my firm in 2001, first thing we did all this certification, which you were applied, we can get some advantage from the equal opportunity thing. So that SDB certification federal government. For a long time we tried, but we never got any work out of federal government anywhere. After a few years, there was some opportunities. So I started looking into a finance and do we, are, do we still have this certification? Have we renewed or we need to do some paperwork? Because the first time we had a lot of paperwork to do to get that certification. I found that there is no renewal form anywhere on their website. So I called them up and said, I want to renew my SDB certification, but I can't find any forms. He said, that's because now you can self-certify yourself. So I asked why that is. He said, it's not of much value anymore. Nobody gets anything out of it. So now you can self-certify yourself. So anybody can put down some SDB. <laughs> and they didn't bother to check whether you SDB or not because it was not of any value. Nobody was giving you work because of SDB anyway. So self-certifications are not really of much value, but it makes you feel good that we self-certified ourselves, SDB, and put in our resume, yes, SDB for. So the next few verses basically give the self-assessment of the people with this predominantly asuric tendency. So I'm not talking about average middle-class person. He said, this is for upper middle class and rich people. He said, unnecessarily rich people. They said, most of you in the United States may fall into this category if you're not careful. <laughs> Look at your self-assessment. Idam adhyam ayalabdham, idam prapse manavratam. I have gained this today, and I also gain this tomorrow. Planning, I have this much wealth. Idam astod am apid me bhavishyati punardhanam. This is mine. This will also be mine. This is planning, what I want to do. People ask me all the time, so what's your goal, Neil? How large your company? What is your strategic planning? Mine is forest gum planning, you know. Keep walking and people will follow you, you know. The strategic planning should be the right answer is, well, we are now 18 people and I want to be 25 in two years and I'm 100 people in five years. Then the guy says, okay, then I think you're on the right path. But if I say I have no plan, I'm just running my company as it goes, well, then say, well, see, that's your problem, Neil. You have no strategic planning. So here there's strategic planning. This is mine today, and I'll have that tomorrow. So Bhagavan said that's how they're constantly reassessing what do I have, what I need to get, and how will I get. Then he said, aso maya hataha satru. I'll kill this enemy. And obviously Swamiji says now it's applicable not because we are not on warring tribes anymore, but we are warring tribes when it comes to our professions, our businesses. That's where we want to kill our competition. No matter what business you are in, even 
what you considered the sattvic business there is competition there too chinmay mission have no advertisement why are you not doing social media let's go so bhagwan said that this is applicable to all if this is your self assessment then consider yourself to be asura so asomaya hatah i have killed this competition i killed this enemy hanishyecha aparanapi and others also i will destroy we always have very respectful say bill gates is doing great and somebody pointed out but in his time when he was the ceo whatever the ceo of microsoft he did exactly this i killed this competition and i have destroyed this company the bhagwan said asomaya hatah satruhu anyasecha aparanapi iswaro aham they always feel good about assessing themselves as the ultimate iswaroham i am the lord bhogi i am the enjoyer siddhoham i'm perfect balavan sukhi i'm powerful and happy third party assess chintam aparimayam cha we see that you are having lot of problems you know but he said no no i am sukhi i'm happy adyaha abhijanavan asmi that i am rich and i'm well born i'm born in a right family for indians this is not really a new concept we take great pride in what family i'm a brahmin i'm a kshatriya so this basically said that's your delusion that i'm rich i'm well born from the example of boston brahmin i heard the term but i never really knew what it is the term was coined in 1860 by some writer in atlantic magazine for the upper class who considered themselves to be very elite class so they associated to the brahmins in india who considered themselves to be very elite class so that's a boston brahmin abhi janavanasmi so i'm well born kah anya asti sadrusho maya who else is as good as we know somebody right i'm I, i don't need any preparation i can do anything you know. <laughs> as like me who else is like me yakshe dasyami modishya iti agnana vimohitaha they will do things even which seems outwardly good for wrong reasons yakshe i'll sacrifice dasyami i'll give donations outwardly i'm doing good things but then also for my self gratification iti agnana vimutaha this is how these people who are deluded by ignorance aneka chitta vibrantaha now this is now again comes as bhagwan's view that these people are bewildered by many fancy aneka chitta vibranta there's many fancy ideas about what is right and what is wrong what gives them happiness and what their worth is moh jal samabrutaha they are caught up in this web of delusion prasaktaha kama bhogeshu patanti narake ashucha in the end what their life is all about it's a foul hell addicted to this gratification of lust they fall into the foul hell what foul hell your mental makeup or mental environment is 
constantly punishing you for either what you have not achieved or people have not given you respect you have not been respected in society all this is creating an environment that constant agitation is creating this very unhealthy situation so this is your own creation constantly fooling yourself that you are happy fooling yourself that you are accomplished fooling yourself that you are achieving what you are trying to achieve but in the end you are creating a situation for yourself where there is no peace for you and we have realized that only thing people want in life is what peace bhai mane thodi va shanti mare va de give me some peace that which is the most valuable commodity in your mental makeup is missing from this people's life bhagwan said so we'll stop right here om sarve bhavantu sukhina sarve santu niramayah sarve bhadrani pashyantu ma kaschit dukha bhag bhave om shanti 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 hari yo श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ